Hey, Peter. Hey. What? Huh? Sorry. Huh? What'd you say? You talking to me? Excuse me? You talking to me? What? Listen. Uh. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. A podcast where we attempt to explain jazz, or as I say, jazz explained. Wow, that was a, not a truncated title. That was, <laughs> that what's the opposite of truncated? X-graded? Extrapolated. Extrapolated. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, you extrapolated the hell out of that tagline. Yeah. We're having trouble getting this episode out today. Well, you know, some episodes are easier than others, man. We, we don't sweat w- Once it. we get this far into it, it's kind of like, is this going to be the one? Well, I guess if people are hearing it, this is the one. This is the one. If you're listening to this and actually we've made it through, then this is the one for sure. Um, I know folks think that we are geniuses of the pod, which we are. No, but one, no, no. <laughs> no, because we do this unscripted and improvisationally. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes we do multiple takes. Okay. So you might have. That's all I have to say. Uh, okay. A, okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes we do multiple takes of the pod because we care about the dear listeners. And so a little bit of a behind the scenes thing is sometimes one of us, usually me, will be five no, minutes, not, seven minutes, ten minutes into it. It's pretty evenly it. balanced, is the, it? the false starts. Yeah. Lately, it's, yeah. But is it a false start if we're seven minutes into the podcast? No, that's just a, a do-over, <laughs> a complete do-over. do-over. Yeah. Sometimes we'll get deep into it, and I'll call it off. And yeah. then Adam will look at me bitterly and be like, why? <laughs> Fine, well, sir. speaking of multiple takes, did you know that when you go to youllhear.com and you leave us a message, a speak pipe, you can take multiple takes. You don't have to just record one great, yes. and then send it. You can do one, and if you don't like it, you can redo it. But why would somebody go there in the first place? Well, if they wanted to ask, ask us a question, I'm kind of wondering if John, who asked us today's question, did mm. multiple takes, or if this was the first one. John, let us know. Here's John. Yep. Hey, Peter and Adam. This is John from California. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about playing what you hear. Um, you know, we all hear pianists that sometimes hum along to the melody that they're playing when they're playing a solo or they'll sing along to it. And it's pretty clear that at least sometimes they're playing melodies that they're hearing in their head versus, um, you know, a lot of other times or other pianists, they just um, maybe not necessarily running their fingers, but they're playing shapes or patterns that they know are going to sound good, but they don't necessarily know what exactly what it's going to sound like when they play it. So is this playing melodies that you hear in your head? Is that something that's important to you guys? Is this something that you practice? And if so, how do you do that? So thanks a lot. Love the podcast. It's a good question, John. Yeah. I actually think, Peter, I don't know what you think about this, but I think at a certain level, pianists who are at a very high level in a certain way, are hearing everything they're playing. Yes. And whether it's pattern-based or not, you know how it's going to sound. Yeah. Um, I know for me, like, if I try to... It's really hard to do to think about what you're hearing in your head after the fact. But for me, I'm if I'm really in the flow and I'm in the moment, I'm hearing everything, including what's ever in the room with me, including whatever the drummer's playing, whatever the bass player's playing. Yeah. Whatever I'm playing, whatever comes to me, it's all the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's no... It's it's non-dual. It's like it's all coming from the same place. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that um, play what you hear is such a, you know, potentially esoteric kind of a concept. And I think it shouldn't cause anybody, you know, any players, you know, any kind of like consternation in terms of like, am I actually mm-hmm. playing what I hear? It's a five dollar word. I'm sorry. You know, you know. Um, I've been reading the New York Times a lot lately. I have a subscription. I'll give right. you the link. Yeah. Right. Um, 
but you know what I mean? It's like you shouldn't be like, wait, am I actually playing what you hear? Because I think, you know, to your point of what you just said, once you're doing it, you'll know it. And it doesn't matter. It's never going to be like 100% or 0%. Um, I think that if you're if you're getting to a good percentage, you know, it will increase because it's the kind of thing that works. It feels good. It sounds good. And both in terms of you're playing and how it sounds on the bandstand and I think ultimately to the listeners and it's such a integral part of the sort of improvisational spirit of the music that really when done correctly of course combined with all the elements though not just like a lot of times we think play what you hear is only a melodic thing but it's very much a rhythmic thing it's very much a harmonic totally thing. so I think for a lot of folks the entry point can be on the rhythmic side because that can be yeah. the I don't want to say the easiest part of ear training, but kind of the simplest and most obvious entry point. Or even just hearing the flow of the, me- like the shape mm. of the melody. Like right. you can, you know, you can do a, a pattern like, right? And maybe you're not hearing every single pitch, but you're hearing like, ba-ba-do-dup. Right. You know? The phrasing, the right. rhythm, how it, inter- how it lays into the groove. Absolutely. Totally. And I think that that's all kind of upping that percentage. So... Yes, in terms of like, is it important to play what you hear? Absolutely. So the reason we work, and and how do we work on it? That's ear training. You know, that's really the essence of ear training. So we're not necessarily working on it in that, okay, I'm going to sit here for five minutes and only play what I hear. Mm. It's, I'm going to work on these specific ear training um, exercises and elements to my musicality so that when I practice improvising, which is really just any time that you're playing, mm-hmm. whether you're practicing playing or playing on a gig, that you're going to be in the best position to kind of, you know, you know, clear out your mind and just say, let, let, let me just be in the moment. Let oh. me just be present. Yeah. Let me play what I hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me not. And, and so, but, you know, like we're always talking in terms of meditation and stuff, things are going to creep in. It's going to be like, wait, does the drummer think I'm going to play this? Or I got to impress them. Oh, wait, what about that thing? You know, and so you don't get frustrated when you get to there you just say mm, hold on let me just take a breath yeah and really just let the music come to me as best that i can knowing that that's a an ongoing process of learning that's the thing john is you got to be careful when you're trying to quote unquote hear you know the music inside of you or whatever that you're not blocking anything out right because you're, you think like well i'm the the you know the bass player is doing something that is not what I had in mind, and I'm trying to hear this bass player. Like no, you're now you're like pushing out. You're you're putting up a wall to what's mm. actually going on in reality, right? And you have to take all of it in. Or if someone's talking in the table, you know, whatever. That's a drag, but that's part of what you're hearing now, and that's got to be present with whatever. Well, especially you're doing. if they're talking, they're like, ah, this guy sucks. He's yeah. not playing what he hears. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so like the the real challenge to this is to try to hear the music that's in you, that's in your soul, that's in your heart, right? And, and and let it come out in the clearest path as possible. That's where working with like ear training and scales and technique can really be handy. But then the active practice that you can do when you're actually playing with other people is to allow whatever is coming up, whatever you're hearing, whether that's the other people in the room or the music, the musical ideas that you're hearing in the moment and see how long you can stay with that without trying to push anything out. Like yeah, trying to be radical acceptance of whatever's happening. You know what I mean? So because John is from California, or as we say geographically, from Cali, I'm going back to Cali. Got a I, lot of 90s I thought you were going to go references. California. That's California. I, I thought you were yeah. going that route. Yeah. But so something. Have you ever been surfing, Adam? Uh, no, I've been wakeboarding. All right. Since John is from Cali. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to Cali. Oh, boy. I'm going... Man, my 90s 
uh, hip hop references are off the chain. I thought you were going to go California. California. Oh, that's a good one too. Over the hillbillies. But I'm just thinking like, have you ever been surfing before? I've been wakeboarding. Wakeboarding. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because we are landlocked here yeah, in the I'm middle in, of the country. I'm from Missouri. So. Of course. Yeah. Well, I only went surfing once, but if you think about it like this, mm-hmm. so of course I'm an expert. Uh, no, but if you think about like, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you're out there paddling around trying to find the wave and then trying to trying to ride it. I think what we're talking about here in terms of like, which is fine. That's what you have to do when you start. And then you're like, wait, is it taking me? Is it not? At a certain point, you're surfing, but you don't even really know it. It's kind of like that yeah. with here, you know, playing what you hear. That that the top level is kind of like being in that zone. You're just sitting there having a good time on, and then all of a sudden the wave comes and you're like getting up and you're riding that thing in. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was not how I did yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was in you look very confident. But I saw other folks doing it like that. Um, so I think if we think about that, knowing that you're not going to start there, but the ear training. And then the practice, sort of the manifestation of that ear training into the improviser's mindset and kind of toolkit is applying that where you sort of take a breath and you're like, okay, I'm going to actually just play whatever I hear and then start to see like, what's the percentage of that that's coming out? Like, okay, I hear something. It's okay that when you play, you're like, wait, that's not quite what I heard. That's a good sign because that shows that you're actually starting. I mean, because we all have stuff that we hear, even like a fan of the music, they can't play an instrument. Mm -hmm. Here's some different melodies and voices in their head, as we would say. But also, you know, this is, think about what great improvisers teach us to do, right? What are they, what's the number one thing that they tell us to do for practice? It's to listen, listen, right? And that's so that you get the music into your head so that yeah. you have something to listen to as you're playing through yeah. uh, the music. And then what's the number one thing they say to do when you're performing? Listen. Listen to what's going around you. Yeah. And that's so you can you know, be with what it is. You don't have a plan going in. It never works out when you plan out what you're going to play beforehand. No. I mean, it, 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 it's a whole other part of your brain, actually. Right. It's the, the sort of like pre-written, pre-composed thing. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just not, not what we do when we improvise. And so to do that, you have to really train yourself to be a really present listener who's there with the rest of your band, who's there with the audience. We yes. were just talking to Gregory Hutchinson, and you know, I mentioned mm. like his big skill. I mean, of course, like he's got chops for days and swings and ideas yeah. and everything. But I think his greatest skill is listening. Yeah, as most great musicians' greatest skill is. And we talked about um, how that's kind of missed in this age of like, excuse me, of like breaking down like oh my god look at this incredible brush technique yeah oh look at this this press roll that he did it's like yeah but what you have to really appreciate that's one thing and that's amazing and but like you're not necessarily going to ever be able to do that like he does yeah but you can be as present and listen you know th- but it, that really doesn't happen overnight in fact some of the technical stuff is so hard, but you're. It's easier to get to that than to get to that ability to be able Absolutely. to like that's listen and react. And that's a ups. lifelong, yeah. yeah that's like yeah. a lifelong thing. Totally, and it's so nuanced and so exciting. And it's really where the best music comes from. There is no kind of blue. There's no love supreme. There's no entire Keith Jarrett catalog without right. deep, deep listening. Yeah, and even the solo piano. I mean, it's just yeah, as it's just as. Totally. Um, one other thing with this that that John from Cali mentioned. Um, that I think we should address is, you know, this idea of like, if you're just playing patterns or shapes specifically at the piano, although you think about saxophone, you think about trumpet, you think about, yeah, guitar for sure. Shapes, these like those, that way of playing and kind of interact, it's not even a way of playing that way of interacting with your instrument and interacting with music does not need to be 
diametrically opposed yeah. to what we're talking about playing what you hear because yes if you only play patterns and shapes that feel good and have no connection you don't have a connection to how they sound yeah. which would really be hard to do you'd have to just stop listening well like i said man if you hear a shape of like and, and then you, you associate that with how it feels yeah how that's a feels, powerful thing yeah am i hearing and able to sing every individual pitch here no I'm singing along though because I'm able to hear what's But did about you to hear happen. how and hopefully folks check this out the way what Adam just did how he varied it up at a certain point because he was listening to the music of it. Right. What you can tell is when people are only attached to how something feels like the 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 sensory feeling of the instrument is when they're like Nothing is ever altered. Lock and, and load, it's just shake like a and machine. Bake. Yeah, shake and bake, you know. <laughs> Come on, baby, shake and bake. Um, but I mean, Ricky Bobby up in here. But I think that, not to say that there might not be a place to just go straight force like that, but you got to make sure you're connected with the music when you do that. So there's nothing wrong with like shifting over and going in and out of these very technical um, sensory connections with your instrument that's some exciting stuff and we think about all of our favorites do that and that's fun to do but think about how does it sound how does it fit into it? and that's where ear training really comes in yeah and speaking of ear training if you want to be able to hear the things that are in your head and kind of translate to them to your instrument a little more yeah. at open studio we do have a whole ear training course it's called five minute ear training it's yeah. 30 sessions so a month every day a month uh, uh of sessions yeah um great course and there's, they're just five minutes long and it literally starts out with what interval is this? Yep. You know, that's the, that's the question. And yep. then we go on to things like identify the triads, you know, things like that too. Can you pick out cadences? Yep. And that kind of training, being able to hear root movements, being able to hear the quality of the chords, being able to hear shapes, <clears throat> all super important for getting the music that's in you out yeah and i mean this type of ear training the course is fantastic and that's some of the best feedback we've had from any course in terms of like applying to the skills folks need for improvisation you know when you when you are talking about ear training you want to go very very basic you want to go under where you think absolutely your level you, a lot of people be like i know tries i know the scales no, 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 no you no. want to really dial that in repetition they got to be how it sounds how it feels upside down and all those kind of things yeah, it's got to be every time it like can be one of the biggest yeah. um door openers to your improvisational totally. development for totally, sure. Totally, totally. So uh, we'll put a link here for that course. Absolutely. Good stuff. Or become yeah. a member, then, yeah. you, then you get that and everything you else. get everything else, oh, yeah. yeah. That's our dirty little work secret. On your rhythm, you want to work jazz. on your transcription. It's all there. That's right. It's all, all right. good. Well, until next time. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>